Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, my guest is Dave. You know, now that I'm sitting here right in front of the microphone right now, looking at Dave's last name, uh, I've been podcasting with Dave for about four years now, roughly. And I don't think I've ever heard Dave's last name said aloud before. I believe it would be Dave Janini, but I could be way off on this. Um, Dave, if I'm wrong on this, let me know, because I think you guys should know how to pronounce your last name. So, Dave, I apologize if I'm getting this wrong. Anyway, uh, my guest today is Dave. Uh, He has a podcast called Your List, My Command that he co-hosts with Derek Stewart. On the show, they both go over lists of movies that they haven't seen, and they assign movies to each other. So it's kind of a week-to-week They'll go back and forth between Dave and Derek, uh, crossing off films from each other's list. And so it's a really neat concept. We all have a million blind spots, and they're just taking uh, that concept and making a show out of it. And every week sitting down and doing this with each other. So it's a lot of fun to listen to. Definitely highly recommend checking it out. Uh, I had Dave on the show, though, to talk about the new film Dimland, which was directed by Peter Collins Campbell. And it's a film about a city-dwelling couple who head off to a family cabin in the woods to escape their depression and to just try to kind of have a reset, I guess. And while they're there, the young woman rediscovers a world that she had forgotten from childhood. And she meets this old friend who tries to convince her to leave reality behind. This is a fascinating film, and I had a great time watching it. I had a great time talking with Dave about it. Um, It's doing the festival circuit right now i believe there will be a release at some point um please make sure you uh follow peter collins campbell on twitter to get more information about the film and yeah keep your eyes out for dimland because this is one that i think you'll enjoy hope you enjoy the show i i love that your professional background what you do tying into this particular film because i kind of wanted your take on this okay the way that I read this film is I, I feel like it's really about abuse, about substance abuse, about the weight that trauma can carry with you mm. and mm-hmm. how we manifest that, these different realities and what that we can do to get over that. And that's what I felt like this film was about. Did mm. you have a similar reaction to this or? I mean, I definitely, I didn't necessarily take it from the substance abuse angle, but I definitely did take it from the trauma and, you know, and the things we leave behind um, when we quote unquote grow up and grow out of things and it, and about how the world kind of, you know, it stomps on anything that doesn't fit into these kind of prescribed ideas of what you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. Um, And like, I gotta, I gotta be like totally honest with you and think about this movie. I'm so glad that we, that we didn't podcast about it right after I watched it. You got to sit with um, it a little bit. Yeah. It's one of the, it's really is one of those that you have to sit with. Cause if you don't, I think, you know, it, it's got a lot of different genre trappings kind of mashed into one and you kind of expect it to go about 19 different directions other than the one that it does. And I'm sitting there and I think, I think this is the curse sometimes of like, watching a lot of movies right is that you know all this stuff and it kind of gets in your way a little bit where you're like if you would just come to this honestly and purely it would be like no no just let it happen let it unfold i know there's a weird guy in a mask and you know he just shows up out of nowhere and it feels like a horror movie and it could go that route a bunch of different times and then it just 
doesn't. And you just have to kind of let it unfold. So as I spent like a day or two thinking about this movie, I ended up liking it a lot more. Like I still liked it when I first watched it, but it did feel like one of those like, oh yeah, we're going the art film route and it's fine. Like I can, you know, there's a lot of things they're trying to do, but like as I sat with it more and more, like it's one of those, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Like as you get further away from it, you're like, wow, I got to watch that again. Like, what, what was that? Was that a fever dream I experienced or did I actually watch a movie? Well, it has, I, I, I've seen comparisons to David Lynch stuff and I, I guess it, that's there to some degree. Mm. Um, but really it feels in my mind, it's like a mumblecore version of a, a, a labyrinth type film where you have this, you know, it, it's that take on it. It's this fantasy film that I think it speaks so honestly to the experience of moving from your 20s to your 30s. And the idea mm-hmm. of kind of these bad relationships that you can have that you can carry with you and you're not being honest, you're not fully actualized. Um, it's tough to kind of express yourself. They both, these two main characters, their identity seems to be wrapped up in being different, being weird. Um, and if you look at the opening of the film, you know, they're basically waking up, hungover, throwing up. There's beer cans mm-hmm. everywhere. And every time there's any kind of um, conflict at all, they're reaching for alcohol the entire time. That's yeah. why I was thinking yeah. of that idea of sure. as a map for trauma. And really, that mm-hmm. trauma, I, growing up and letting go and finding out the world's kind of a fucked up place. It's traumatic for everybody. Um, and so yeah. often it doesn't have to be this huge thing that causes us to go through that. I think it's a very universal arc that we all go through. Yeah, absolutely. And like, okay, so... I I vote that from now on we should just never compare anything to David Lynch on the internet. We should just stop because like it's just become code for like, well, that was fucking weird. I had um, to think about and- it. <laughs> right, right, right. I took it wasn't straightforward. It wasn't like act one, act two, act three, wrap up. It was, so it's like no, no, that's not Lynchian. That's just different, and it's okay. Uh, we we could use different words to describe these things, but it does not surprise me that people are using that terminology but it's like eh, okay um i think one of the most interesting things about this movie to me though is like i think you're right is that it you know it is a lot about that weird real adulthood process right because like you know you're technically you're adult when you turn 18 but you're not sorry sorry if we have any young less but you're not your brain isn't done building itself until you're 25 you you don't know who you are yet, and that's okay. It's a fun journey, and you're on it, and it's fantastic. But once you get to those 30s, it's like, oh, I got to figure out, like, where my spot is, like, where I fit in, what I'm going to be, what I'm going to do, making choices and, you know, moving through my life in a hopefully productive way. And I think the thing that this movie really kind of takes a hammer to is that sometimes if you're in a relationship at that period in your life and you're making changes and you're growing – it's not going to end well, you know, because they might not be ready to make that change uh, alongside you. Um, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm watching this, this movie and it's interesting because, you know, I mentioned kind of sitting with it more. And I think one of the reasons I had to is, and maybe just because he, you know, has some of the funny lines and he, you know, is easily relatable, but I found myself connecting to the kind of male half of this romantic pairing in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, yeah, he's totally right. And then by the end, I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm more on the side of this person who's growing through their trauma and figuring it out, but it's a hard balance to strike here. 
but there's there's parts of that character that rang emotionally honest for that oh point yeah in life looking back at it kind of in the rearview mirror he expresses himself much clearer than i ever would and in a way that <laughs> kind of it's yeah yeah i find find myself maybe leaning more towards into the female protagonist here um because it's uncomfortable to recognize myself in this character mm-hmm. and see those like ugly truths being exposed you know the way his attitude towards sex was yeah yeah, yeah, I mean that that's not unfamiliar to me. And it's something that I think we need to own and be a little bit more honest yeah. about it. If anything in the last, you know, two years, three years, I think that's we've all had a reckoning with that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I found cool. it I found it honestly pretty upsetting, like as I was going through it. I think maybe that's why kind of on first watch, um it's a movie that like I feel myself like I say like repelled by, but not in a way where I'm like, oh, this movie is disgusting, but like, oh, this is super uncomfortable thinking about myself and relationships in my early to mid to late 20s and being like, oh, some of the stuff I pulled, not that I pulled anything awful, but there's a scene in here where, you know, yeah, I'm going to, I know we're yelling at each other. I'm going to sleep right next to you. Maybe you'll hate fuck me. Maybe, maybe that I can finally get touched. And I was like, Oh God, thinking back, like some of the ways I've interacted in my relationships when I'm angry and I watch this and I'm like, Ooh, I really need to think about this, you know, and I'm like now a single person as an older person and much hopefully more mature than I was in my mid to late 20s. But it is something that like, I think when, you know, romantic relationships become entangled and difficult, and especially when sex is involved, it's really easy to lash out because you get, it's this weird comfortability with that person, that intimacy that you have that you're like, well, I'm just going to show you the bad side of me too. And stop thinking about the fact that like, well, that person doesn't necessarily deserve that treatment just because they have the misfortune to know me well doesn't mean I should lash out at them. And I was like watching this and going, and it's interesting. There's like a kind of the dual thing going on in that moment as I'm watching this is part of me is like, yep, totally been there, totally done that. And then also going like, oh God, I've been there and I've done that. I should not do that, you know? And it's really uncomfortable because he is so relatable and emotionally honest. And then it all leads up to this like big F you and you're like, Oh, hmm. Maybe I need yeah. to do some soul searching on this one. <laughs> it's it's rough. I mean, it's easier to if I would have watched this 15 years ago. I don't mm. think I would have been honest enough with myself to recognize myself in that way. Um, no. to have seen those flaws in myself because I always um I've always told myself that I was a good guy, a decent person. I never wanted to hurt people, but I've been just as self-serving as anyone and been an asshole. Mm-hmm. had terrible motivations that were completely selfish. I sure. think that's a lot of what defines being young and being capricious in that, that time period. It makes sense. But yep. I wanted to also talk about the visuals in this film and how mm. much mileage they get of really simple things, just like a simple source light in a dark field next to a oh, lake. God. And it's striking. It, it, crazy how much how beautiful this film is so i don't want to oversell this um but like this is this is one of the things this is one of the reasons i'm so glad that when i was a teenager i got into independent film because if like if i never had i never i never would have seen this right like the vast majority of film goers or you know there's like 10 movies a year they're not going to watch dimland they're going to be like well, that sounds like a stupid title i'm not interested in that and then they'd watch the first 20 minutes and probably and i don't know if they'd stick with it 
right? Because it is mumblecore. It is like you really got to like sit with it. And then when it has that turn, when that character shows up, it is like, I'm sitting there watching going like, okay, I'm into this. This is okay. You know, what are where it's going? And then it's like kind of jolt and you're like, oh, why is this thing here? I don't like this. Um, and like I said, I was kind of expecting the kind of horror twist to this it, once that character that shows up. It, really it does. To be menacing. Yeah. Right. And it is a really impressive and kind of gutsy choice from the filmmaker to not only have that, but to like slowly reveal what's going on here. Right. Cause it'd be easy to be like, okay, we have the shocking moment, but that's not really what's happening here. Gotcha. Uh, it is, but it's not that it's like, okay, well, let me go spend some time in the woods with this dude in this mask or this creature or whatever this is, which never yeah. fully explained, which I kind of love because I think any full explanation of this is just going to feel hollow anyway um but as you kind of go into you know i guess dim land um with this character it's god it is stunning it's beautiful and i love i love films that can manage to do this and when it's clear like this is not a movie with a hundred million dollar budget like it's clear that there's like this is like micro budget stuff but so creative and so well done and like honestly i don't think you improve this movie with more money i I think i think you know, I think I think you you sully what's going on here because the the visuals are beautiful and uh, but it's really it's a external visualization of a completely internal process of your lead actress here and it's like and the simplicity of it sells that and it's just like man I it's it's so interesting because like twenty minutes of the movie I'm like okay I'm like, oh I don't know if I'm gonna like this and uh, am I gonna talk to Chris about this and then all of a sudden. And it's not all of a sudden you're all of a sudden this is great, but it is like I'm sitting there like 50, 55 minutes into the movie going like, wait, do I do I love this? Um, how did we get here? And it's so yeah. so it'll be interesting to like rewatch again at some point to be like, OK, where was the point where first time you were Dave, you know, where he, he turned in a good way on this? Because uh, I can't really track it at this point because it's not a movie with big moments it's not a like and then bam this happens and i'm in except for maybe the appearance of that character that's the only real shocking moment uh but it's shocking in the sense of like well that thing wasn't here before not like it scares you but it's just like okay mm. but yeah you know honestly it's one of those movies that like the more i think about it the more distance i get from it the more that i like it and this is going to be one of those one of those movies that i annoy people with and, and I'm just gonna be like hey you know what you should watch this really <laughs> this really just messed up out. movie yeah just come on just give it like 40 minutes like just if you can get there with me it's gonna be great like and it's gonna be one that i think i return to i think you're right in the not a hard sell this thing because it's a very subtle piece for as mm-hmm. big and broad as it is when you're having like an in-between world um the thing that i thought of and it could be just because it's the thing that everybody's talking about right now um is bo burnham's inside i think it's mm-hmm. probably the, like the, as far as like a one-to-one comparison that people might be able to get their head around and you see what he was able to do in this room this one room with a couple of lights have you watched that yet or yes i have yes okay. yes it's so it's amazing see, yes yeah, it's yes and so and that's kind of the feeling that i was getting from this where you're like oh my god look at this. this 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 visual it's so perfect and you're right if you throw money at this if you're able to put all these things together, the simple trick with the flower that happened to one point, it's stunning. Oh, and it's yeah. like these little so moments, great. Some of the, the black smoke in it, all these little things that people will see when they um, mm-hmm. when they watch the film. I, 
I feel very comfortable recommending this movie to people that enjoy independent film, people that they enjoy yeah. having the secret where it's like this thing. It's like, Oh, I know about something. I have yes. everybody else. This is the thing that people should be talking about right now. And that's, this is that movie that when I was a video store clerk that I would have been bothering everybody with because I think that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like for me, movies like this have always been really important to me. Like these little, like, hidden gems and i mean that in the sense not of like the you know the movie that gets a wide release that not enough people are seeing but like truly hidden like where you have to seek this out and even more than that you have to have somebody tell you about it because this is not a, this is not going to be you're not going to watch the nba finals and see a commercial for dimland like this, this, this is, is not, getting a release though I, I believe this is get, which uh, is great i'm pretty sure this is getting a release it's I, I fantastic don't know. It won the but I think, House Film Festival. I think that this is going to, the festival to get, I think it's going to get that traction because the word I hope so. thing is going to get strong. I, I really, really hope so. Because I think, especially, you know, 2000, you know, 21, 22, post-pandemic, it's even like these films become even closer to my heart and even more important because, you know, everything's available on streaming at the same time as theaters. Theaters are dying. The only theaters left that you can see movies at are, you know, big uh, chains. Uh, most of the independent theaters are kind of fading away because of the, you know, because of a lot of the things, but the pandemic certainly didn't help that. So it's like this just because this becomes like a little like just this this diamond that you just like, I, I want to protect this. I want to, I want to make sure people see this. I want to make sure people hear about this because it's just, this is cause there's, you know, I mean, people get pompous about it. Right. But like the whole, you know, movies versus film and the, you know, it's like all movies are film, but, but, but I will say there's a difference between something like this and something from a major mass market distributor, right? Like this is, this is film as art. Um, as opposed to film that hits all the quadrants uh, so everyone can like it. Like, this is not a movie that I can say that everyone I recommend it to is going to love, right? Yeah. It's going to be a very personal thing, right? And I, I, but I tend to like movies that are a little challenging like that. Like, even if I hadn't come around to it, even if I hadn't loved it, this would still be one of those like, but I, I still respect what you're doing here. Like, I like what you're doing, even if it didn't hook me in, but I'm so glad that it did get to that level. But yeah, like every year that passes, movies like this become more and more important to me because not only is everything mass marketed, but everything is like, oh, it's got to have a, you know, it's a previous IP and it's got to have a built-in audience. This is not a movie with a built-in audience other than weirdos like you and me. This is the only built-in audience that a movie like this is going to have. So I'm, I'm just glad it exists and that I got to see it. Well, this is the type of stuff that I I'm, I gravitate towards. This is the what I spend my time watching. Um, I yeah. have seen one of the Fast and Furious films at this point, and that was... <laughs> I mean, that means you've seen all of them. You're fine. I mean, they're all the same, so yeah. you've seen them all. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, from what I understand. But it's, it's one of those things where but if every movie was like this and was being told in this way, it would probably get annoying after a while. It, it would just... Sure. This is, it's because this is so rare to have something that's quiet and that's mm-hmm. um, introspective. And to go about it in this specific way... Um, it seems it's one of those things that feels like, how did we not get to this sooner? Because it feels like such an odd, like this idea of almost like the midsummer night's dream aspect to it, where you're taking oh, yeah. that, that um, you know, kind of almost hand like quality that you have in this character and, or, uh, and 
you know, tying that to the transition from youth to adulthood to, you know, the, I, these things that we forget, it just seems like such a no brainer at this point. And I feel like maybe like a movie like legend tried to do that. And that's what happens when you have the big budget version of that with Ridley Scott. Right. Pretty, but I, I think <laughs> right. with you for a long time and you watch it afterwards, you go, God damn, Tim Curry can act under some makeup. Yes, yes, that's that's about all you get from it. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've kind of talked about, you know, the trauma aspect and the kind of growing up and growing out of things aspect that this has. And I, one of the things I just kind of adore about this is it doesn't shit on the idea of creation as something adult versus a, a childish pursuit. You know, it, it, what it, it's, it's showing you that like, yeah, she used to create, she used to do things, she used to be a part of this. And then whether it's through quote unquote maturity or trauma, she's left that behind. And by kind of going back into this place, this hidden place, um, she finds, she remembers that like, not only have I done this before, but I was good at this. And even if I wasn't good at it, it's still rewarding. And this is something I need to access um, as I move forward in my life, you know, most likely alone at the start of this, um, but changed and grown from this. But that doesn't mean that, you know, whether it be filmmaking or writing or, you know, whatever your passion is, it doesn't mean that art and that creation is a waste of time and you have to go get an office job. You can be an adult and be mature and still be a part of creation. And I was like, Wow, what a and that's such a rare thing to see and to to put so on the surface. Like sometimes movies will be made about this and they're like, and the hidden message is that art is okay, right? But this is like right on the surface. Yeah. It's like, no, look, look at how rewarding this is for you in this moment, and also showing how easy it is to lose yourself in that. There's a, you know, there's a sequence where she goes in there with him um, into this area in the forest and starts creating and then realizes she's been gone from the real world for hours and hours and hours and kind of freaks out. And if, if anyone has ever been artistic, has ever really dove into that, that is, that's a very realistic process where you're like, what do you mean it's been 17 hours since I was home? Oh, I have some explaining to do when I get back there. And I, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, this is one of those movies I think it's going to take me three or four times watching to really grasp onto everything that's going on. Cause there's a lot of depth to it. And there's yes. a lot of moments here, like that moment where he tries to grab her and keep her there. And she kind of freaks out on him and slaps him away and runs away. Um, I don't know if that's like the unhealthy attachment to art that some of us have to creation that like, we still have to exist in the real world, right? We can't just stay here. And the, the fascination that we have sometimes pulls us in a little bit deeper and keeps us there. And we have to focus in order to do both, right? Because if we dive just into the creative aspect and we don't take place in the world and we don't have relationships and we don't connect with family and friends, then that can be just as unhealthy as enduring trauma and leaving all the creativity to behind. So needing to figure out that balance. And I think, you know, the end of the film kind of hits on that, that she lights the fire, right. As he did, but then she leaves. Right. Yeah. So she does, she's doing both in that moment. And I think it's just like, I love when movies wrap up in a way that's, when you think about it, the message is pretty obvious, but as you're watching it, you're like, wait, what's going on here? But then again, the further I get away from this, I'm like, 
okay, okay, Peter, Peter Collins Campbell, I see what you're doing. I see what you're putting down. All right. I like this, you know? And it's like, it's, it's one of those that when I, when the credits first rolled, like it was a movie that I was just kind of like, what did I just, what did Chris just put me through here? What am I, what am I doing here? But like, you know, now two or three days later, I'm like, oh, wow, that ending actually makes perfect sense in a artistic obtuse kind of way. Uh, And I appreciate that so much more than like a postscript. Right. And this is what (laughs) happened to our cat. Like this is like, okay, like, okay. It's clear, but you, as the audience, you need to do a little bit of work. And I kind of love films and creators that are like, no, no, I'm going to, I trust you. I trust you to figure this out. Right. Cause it's not that difficult, but it's not standard either. So it does a little bit of both there. Well, when she, it's not to ruin anything. So I think this is a movie that you really can't spoil. It's impossible it's like to spoil. It yeah. doesn't. <laughs> so the, the ending of this film right before it, there were several moments where I started feeling the ending coming. I think you could feel her arc coming to its natural mm-hmm. end. And it's like, okay, don't go further. Don't go further. Just, just stop. Like when she was, I was like, that's it. You did it. And then yes. when she gets in the car, it's like, oh, no, no, no. She has to go back. That that's actually that's the actual journey. Yeah. It's not yeah. that moment. It's the it's the balance that you were talking about between yep. um, those two worlds that we all have to strike between the yeah between your imagination and your reality. Uh, because right, with neither one of them can exist without the other. If you rea- if you mm-hmm. have all pragmatism without any imagination, it's what an empty, boring life. But if all you have is living in your imagination and you have no practical thinking at all, you won't be able to exist. You won't. Yeah. I mean, there's no growth there, right? Then you're just a toddler in an adult's body. And like, as a toddler, that's great. You should be like, you know, this imagination is really important and it helps you grow and helps you, you know, your, your brain to grow and get you to where you need to be, but you can't live as an adult in the world completely in fantasy. You can live completely without it, but it's empty. You know, there's no reason for that life anymore if you're not, if there's not some imagination. But when she was a child, did she have that balance? Because there's that, the Buddhist philosophy, the idea Mm -hmm. that when you're first born, you're fully actualized. You understand everything in the world that you need to know. You understand your love and need and like that your desires are very simple and they're pure. They're not based on societal pressures, anything like that. And the goal in life is to get back to that state again. And Mm. I feel like this movie is kind of playing in that a little bit as well. It's the idea Mm. of getting back to that balance that she innately understood as a child, that she didn't have fear of these things because that I, when she goes into this dark place and she's like, this is kind of scary. And she realizes as a child, she just, he says like, you weren't old enough to be afraid of the dark. And it's, it's, it's getting back to that place. And I think that there's something to returning to that space. And she understood that balance at a very young age. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely something to that. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of thinking about that because I don't have like that background, but it's really interesting, especially with that line that like you weren't old enough, like basically you weren't old enough to be scared. You didn't realize that the world was a dangerous place because if you are, you know, raised in the right way, in a protected way, there is no danger when you're that young, right? Like you're, oh, your needs are taken care of, you know, you're, you're protected by, by your parents, as long as, you know, you're in that right kind of situation. And then as you go out into the world and go out on your own, little by little things happen, 
right? You're whether you're traumatized or just, you know, I have a rough time with things as all humans do. Then you've learned this lesson of like, okay, these are the things I have to be careful of. This is what I have to be wary of. Whereas when you're pure as that childlike child, there's nothing to be wary of, right? Hopefully, because if you're, you know, if you're, if you're in danger all the time when you're a toddler, then like something has gone wrong in, you know, in the family structure that you were raised in for sure. But I also think that as an adult, right? Like there are, you know, you have to be that safety that you were given (laughs) as a child. Right. So there's a lot more responsibility that goes with that. There's a lot more societal pressure that goes along with that. So I think that I think the balance is the same, but achieving it is way more difficult because with that knowledge comes a lot of difficulty. And sometimes when you know the structure involved, I think it becomes even harder. Whereas if you don't, if you're like blissfully unaware of what society is and how all these things work, then it's like, oh, I just, you know, I live my life and everything's great. Uh, But as an adult, you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get a job. I gotta pay for my housing. I gotta do all this stuff. So where, where is the balance with that? And with the people in my life and with still being a creative being and being a purer part of the world than just a cog in a societal machine. Right. And I, and I think, you know, this movie is kind of wrestling with that idea of like, how do I, how do I, how do I have my left foot in dim land and my right foot in the real world, you know, and it's a, I think it's a constant struggle. And I think, I think we're meant to believe that our lead character here is certainly headed on the right path. But again, you know, with movies like this, with worlds like this, there's no guarantee of that. Um, but she's in a much better place than she was when this journey started. Um, so it's like, it's a very uplifting ending. And I think if you watch, well, if you look at that opening scene, yeah, I mean, she, has no <laughs> well, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, but I think it's interesting. Cause if you, if you watch that last scene, when the credits roll without context, I think it can be read about a hundred different ways. Like, is she happy? Is she sad? Is she struggling? Um, And the answer is yes, she is all of those things. Right. But with the context of the film, it's a very uplifting way to end the movie. Like I end the movie going like, okay, things are, things are looking good, you know, but I think if you just watch that without any of the stuff before, it's like, how are we supposed to read what's going on here? So, and again, it's one of the things I love about movies like this is that it's not, I was going to say it's not simplistic, but it kind of is. It's simplistic in its complexity, right? So it's kind of got both of those things going on. Well, you can have, okay, so when you're dealing with subject matter like this, I think the execution should be simple, graceful, beautiful. Yes. Um, Because you want, you're wrestling with some big ideas and you don't want, you want everything on the frame to support those ideas and give you room to think about them. When you have Uh the opening of Armageddon, and all the <laughs> comets are breaking down on the earth. It's exactly what I was thinking of when I was watching this movie. That's <laughs> so you're not, you're not you're not given any space to think about humanity or no, existential no, crisis yeah. uh-huh. or yes. meaning. It's just, where are the drills just see. Yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that this, when I see a film like this, I think yeah, this is exactly how you handle material like this. If you move not. If you head into too, it's heavily stylized, but I think that if you start having too many crane shots and too many special effects <laughs> and those things, it can end up being distracting. If you had, you know, a cast of 10 people instead of just these three, that might even be too much at some point because it's just this small, it almost feels like something 
that legitimately could have been done in a black box theater. Oh the- yeah. And, and I think honestly, if you have any more than the characters you have here, I think this movie really suffers. Um, yeah. Cause as we talked about it, this is an internal process and the more, moving pieces you bring in here the more distracting it gets not only for the journey the actors are going on but the audience too they're like okay who are we supposed to be paying attention to like oh these other people showing up randomly at the cabin what's going on here whereas like in this it's like very clearly at the start it's like very clearly a two-hander right it's this relationship drama and then as you get about halfway through and this other character is introduced you're like no no it's about her And everything else is like the world waiting for her. So I think if you add in any, you know, not even just necessarily people and characters, but even events into this movie, I think it really suffers. I think it needs to be, even though there, I don't think there are any scenes where people are actually alone. It needs to be solitary. Like this is something, this is a journey that she is going on. There are guides here and there and things that impact her, but really this is about her. Um, and the more things you bring in, I think the more the more we're, we feel removed from her. And if you're removed from her, the movie, honestly, it just falls apart. Like it has to be focused on her. And like the amount of trust that the writer and director clearly has in his lead star is really impressive because this is one, it's not an easy role. And especially at the beginning, she's not a character where you're like, oh, well, she's the nice one. It's everyone else that's the problem. No, she's, you know, there are moments where you're like, oh, God, what is your problem? Get it together. And it's like just to just to lean into that and be like, yeah, people have faults. People are damaged. People are on a journey and we got to get there with her. Uh, And he just like lingers there. We're all like, okay, we got to get comfortable in the muck um, (laughs) with this person's journey. And I think it ends up working because of that. Well, it's not, I'm the one word I hate. If somebody, it's a criticism of a film that characters weren't likable. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's usually that means that they were dynamic, that they were fully real, Mm -hmm. that they had, laws that they were they're realistic yeah so it's i think that people get uncomfortable with seeing themselves they that mirror in a way thing those uncomfortable (laughs) traits that we all have and for me no it's not something that i want to explore this type of material all the time necessarily right right it's a welcome a welcome uh change of pace to spend a little bit of time yeah yeah, I totally agree. And I don't know who this woman is. Her name is Martha Brown. She hasn't been in anything else. Both of them. Just like, I was like, yeah. I mean, all three of them. Put, put her in everything. Like, I'm like, anything that she's in, like, sign me up. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, it's really, really good. I I hope so. Because this is, I mean, really, um, the two lead the couple. Um, it's hard to say how much of the uh, our band type character here with the mask on He's doing a lot physically and the stuff with the voice. So it's a good performance, but it's, it's because it's behind that Mac. It's hard. It's kind of like when you watch, uh, if you've seen Frank. Um, yeah. I thought of that all through this movie. Absolutely. So like, can you appreciate his performance in that? It's like, yeah, he does a good job in it, but it's when you take away somebody's face, that's yeah. You have to do so much with the way you walk and hold your hands. And I think he's doing yes. a lot of that. Yes. And I wonder if I, you know, cause I, I love Frank cause I love that movie so much, but I wonder how much of my appreciation for that performance is because I know 
what Michael Fassbender looks like. I know what he's done in the past. So like, this is a huge adjustment and like, wow, look at all the things he's doing. Right. Um, but you know, you mentioned the physicality of this performance of this character, I guess they call Rue. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I only know cause I, I need to be up all the time. I would never have remembered. So don't, <laughs> but like the way he walks like that little shuffle um, that's like, at the same time, childlike, and if you read it wrong, could be threatening. Like, you're just like, what is, mm, what is the thing that's going on here? It's like, it's pretty interesting to watch for sure. It, it feels almost, see, yeah, I guess it could be the little shuffle could be read that way, but I almost felt like he was breaking down. I felt like mm. it was like he was mm. like he was falling apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt sure. like they, he, there was no real strength there. And you know, if you watch the beginning of this film, everything is handheld um, and everything's shaky until we get the Rue. And then it's yeah. when you, I, there's an image where he's kind of standing by the river by himself and it's a steady shot. And I only, re- it really stood out because the other two shots were everybody by themselves. Um, and his was completely calm. And as, um, uh-huh. as it progresses, the film does become more and more steady and you can find them getting their footing. Yeah. I feel like this is such a, thoughtful film and this is something i'm highly recommending to everybody that if you have a chance to see this just to seek it out yeah that that camera work is something that i noticed as i was watching the movie and it's another thing that as i get further away from it it becomes even more impressive because like you know the beginning of the film much like the camera work is unstable yeah right they don't know where the, where they're going. They they have this idea to go to this cabin, and it's not what she thought it was going to be. And they're constantly under the influence, and there's like a lot going on. And even though, as we've talked about, like that character of Rue shows up, and it is very jarring um, to the moment. And then you, I, I I sit back and think about like, okay, as they're in the forest together, and I feel that sense of calm. And then I'm realizing it's because like that's that's a, that's a directorial choice. Right. Because if if Rue is introduced that way and the film continues with that kind of handheld kind of lack of stability, I think I I have an even tougher time not being on edge when that character is there because it's like, okay, what's the jarring thing that's going to happen next? But no, it's like, nope, we're okay here. Right. Even if it feels strange, even if it's an odd choice in an odd place, it's okay. Right. We can be comfortable here. We can learn here. We can grow here. Um, And then, you know, every time you go back to the cabin, to the coupling, it's back to like, oh, God, everything is really, really tense and really angry. And and yet at the same time, I like that it doesn't vilify that character either. Most of the things he does and says, even if they're, you know, not full of tact or maybe not the best way to handle it. You're still like, yeah, but I kind of get it. Like put yourself in his position. She just like wanders off yeah. <laughs> this weird guy. And you don't know where you are. Like, this is not your old cabin. This is just- Honestly, he's being really cool about like yeah. some random dude with a giant moon face mask on. Oh yeah. Kinda, Deuces. I- I'd be gone. <laughs> like, yeah, nope. No, yeah, I mean, really. And that's just my cowardice coming through at that point. It'd be like, Oh, you're going to roll with this dude. Okay. You guys figure this out. I'm out. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, I think face. I would hope I would be like, Hey, you know, uh, Bryn, we should, we should go. Like, this is really creeping me out and I don't want to be here and I'm going to leave. So if you would like to come with me, Let's go. If you want to stay with, you know, weird owl face, that's fine. But I'm going to go. 
Yeah, the, the moment that he said, oh, this is my face, it's not a mask. And they're like, oh, okay. All right, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Done. exactly. I mean, I think that was probably the, the moment. Some credit. <laughs> yes. I think that was the moment in the movie most where I was like, oh, this is for sure going to be a horror movie. Like, I just, like, this is my, mm, I gotta go, man. That's like, and this is the thing I love about coming into a movie like this blind is like, yeah. it could have been anything. And if it would have gone the horror route, it would have fit. Like, and I would have been like, oh, we're on, this is going to be a, a thing. Like, we're going to go with it. Okay. And then because you're on edge and waiting for that, you know, I think it, it does a really interesting thing that it gives this movie a kind of propulsion forward because you're unsure of what's happening next. So it's nothing that's actually happening on screen, right? That's giving you that propulsion. It's your own expectations. And you're kind of like, oh God. And then all of a sudden, 25 minutes later, you realize, oh, I'm not worried anymore. Yeah. I feel calm, just like Bryn. I feel fine. So now let's really get into what the movie's about. And I, I think if you do that, I think it's really rewarding. I think both of us own dozens, if not hundreds of movies that will probably never get watched again. That are yes. sitting on our wall for no other reason than their shelf aesthetic, I guess, at this yep. point. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something. You never know. I might watch them. <laughs> but yes, I agree. You're not going to put on SWAT. That's not happening. <laughs> Random gem you have sitting back there. At least I can honestly say, I don't own that one, but I, I get your example. I get what you're saying for sure. Okay. Yeah. The, the remake of Total Recall or what you have something in there. It's like that. <laughs> yes. Gonna, yes. Okay. I, I guess Look, it was five bucks. What do you want from me? <laughs> exactly. I do that too. Uh, well, cool, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this man i really appreciate yeah, it thanks for introducing me to this movie it was great oh, of course this is this is i the reason that i do this is just because i yeah i enjoy finding new stuff you know yeah. I, I couldn't imagine doing taking time out of my family's life to watch it garbage. so it, <laughs> right. at least if it's not if it's not a perfect film that I'm watching that week, at least they're trying something interesting. They're doing something a little right. bit different. And pretty much everything I, I cover on here has at least some kernel of that in there, that it was something a little bit different. And yeah. my wife always puts it that I'm kind of like a porn addict at this point in time, where it just, I need to like be, like I have to get choked while the lampshade falls. <laughs> right, right, right. Just the normal stuff doesn't entertain me anymore. Just really push the envelope here. Yeah, it's, it's too many damn I'm sure Peter Collins Campbell is happy that this is this, this is a comparison. This is like this is like really really foul, dirty porn, but like in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and use that one for the uh, poll quote for the box art. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Dave, we got to do this again sometime, man. I, I, for sure. Way too long. So yeah. Uh, yeah. If anytime you want to come back on, you got something you want to talk about, let me know. I'm always happy to. Happy All right. To Sounds good. I don't, I don't talk to many other podcaster people. So it's. Yeah, good. we're awful. So I don't blame you. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, you, you do end up, I mean, the, the interview that I was doing earlier um, before Cruel Summer, which is like the guiltiest pleasure I think I've ever had. So, yeah, I talk about like nice. indie high-minded stuff, but it's like this key. But 
yeah soap <laughs> opera thing on freeform and i am all 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 in on that thing we so all have our weaknesses good. i'm telling you it, you i think you would dig this okay and, i'll have to know, check it out then to go into the lynchian comparison if you're worried about who killed laura palmer you're not going to enjoy this but right if you, you right. hang out for the apple pie and coffee you're going to enjoy it mm, absolutely Okay. Damn good coffee. All right, sir. Thank you for staying up late. All right. I appreciate it, man. All right. All right. No problem, man. All right, you too. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
always crack.